One of the coolest things about being a podcaster is that I get to meet studio owners and business owners from all over the world. And today we get to meet Jen Dalton. Jen Dalton is the voice behind the Dance Studio Empire and the badass business owner behind Million Dollar Dance Studio and the Business of Dance Conference in Sydney, Australia. How cool is that? We found a time where we could chat. (laughs) She woke up really, really early and I stayed up really, really late to be on her podcast and uh, collaborate with each other because you guys know I love collaboration. So I am going to put the link to my show inside the show notes here where I was on her podcast. And then she's coming here to talk to us about how she grew her studio to not just a couple hundred students, but to lots and lots and lots of students to the tune of over 700 students. Can you guys imagine? I mean, how amazing, how awesome. And you guys get this. It's a rec program. So for those dance studio owners out there, you your mouth just dropped, right? Listen in as Jen shares some wisdom on growing a studio, what she did, tips to do that. And you guys, it's really, really just awesome to hear somebody's story and where they came from and how they started and the twists and turns that happen and go, okay, I can do this too. And that's what we leave here with Jen. You're going to listen and go, okay. I can do this too. So enjoy. She's just a lovely soul and I'm so glad to have her on the podcast. Take a listen and if you enjoyed it, screenshot this episode and put it out on your stories, tagging Jen and I, and we will shout you out as well. All right, everybody, enjoy. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a storefront that lights you up, serves your clients well, and contributes significantly to the community you love. You are my hero, and I affectionately call you a rebel woman. Hey there, my name is Melissa Rose, a brick and mortar business owner with a handful of kiddos and a few passion projects that I head up like this one. I'm also your visibility coach and consultant for a service-based business like yours. I'm passionate about helping small business owners thrive in their community and become the only option in town for their industry. In this podcast, we're going to share the nitty gritty of running a successful brick and mortar business by sharing stories, talking strategies, and learning practical tips to run a kick-ass business. Ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped to create the small business of your dreams? Let's get real. All right. We have Jen Dalton here. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Visibility Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Welcome. Jen Dalton, everybody is coming in from Australia at a very early 6.15 a.m. And she looks just beautiful. She's all like fresh as a daisy. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. Maybe you can relate when you know you've got to get up early. I I think I just, I woke up about six times last night, just making sure that I'd set my alarm right because I didn't want to miss it. So yeah, but I'm here and I feel great. Yeah. Well, you look at maybe later this afternoon, you'll, it'll it that wall will hit a little bit, but that's where we are. I'm at 2, 2 PM where my wall is hitting. So I have my little Celsius here. So anyway, I'm so glad uh, to have you because you are a dance studio owner, a very successful dance studio owner and not a new dance studio owner. You have had your studio for 30 years, 30 plus years. Yeah. We're into our 30th year this year. That's amazing. So super congrats to you. That's awesome. Okay. Let's back up though. Let's just do, um, did you always want to be a dance studio? Was that always your passion or vision? No, no, I just fell into it and I was 14 when I started. So it was quite young and I was actually approached by someone to teach their daughter dancing in their garage. So I was assistant teaching 
where I was learning and she was this little girl was in my class and her mum asked if she could just have some extra lessons and so I spoke to my the, the studio owner that I was teaching for and asked if that was okay and she said yes absolutely go for it and yeah that's how it started with one student in their garage paying me three dollars for a 45 minute lesson love it I love it that's how it often starts with with us so um can you give us the like cliff notes of your journey of how you got to be where you are yeah no worries so that um that student I started teaching her and then she said oh I've got two friends would you mind if they came and joined and I said, yep absolutely that would be great so we're running these classes and so but at the end of that year we did a little concert on their back veranda um, at their house and um, yeah they did three dances and it was you know a lot of fun they got you know organized a little tiny trophy for them all and that all started that's been going on for now 30 years as well Um, but yeah and then from those three the following year it started to word got around at the local school and so that three became 12 and those 12 were then moved into my parents double garage and then that 12 became 30 so this is all just word of mouth throughout the school that's when I had to get local um, halls so we have like a scout um, hall and a girl guide hall so I started moving in there and then we were there and yeah we just grew at the point I was doing my last year of school uh, we had I, I had 100 students and so yeah, so I basically finished school and it was, I had a successful business. And so I just kept going into that. Loved it. I love thinking back because it's so different now. Yes. And yeah, how, how I was then and how it ran is totally different to now. But anyway, I'm really grateful for those days. So then what actually happened, um, the studio kept going at about 20, 20, about 20. I'm really, I'll just, caveat I am really bad with my memory and exact moments in time so I'm just going <laughs> to general okay <laughs> we don't know any different <laughs> I know but people might hear my story and go she's I'm sure she said it was 21 I'm sure she said it was 19 I'm like, I don't know general okay. <laughs> a long time ago um and then yeah and so I, I felt a need to learn again um to, to do something and I didn't know exactly what that was So I just started studying um, psychology and communications because I figured they were going to be helpful in whatever I chose to do. And that then led me into joining the police. And so I then was, I trained and became a police officer. And so while I was running the studio, I, yeah, I was a police officer. So I did both of that for 13 years. I was in the police. No Um, way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 And so it was also there where I met my husband. So very early early, early on. So I was still training and I met my husband who was in the police already. And so he quickly then became part of the business. So where, you know, I mean, I was running it as a business, which is a very different term to what it means now, but, um, yeah, he was really innovative and, and, and very, just very smart. And so before websites were a thing, he got the studio on, onto a website, he, you know, mm-hmm. before anything was really, there was no Google, there was no mm-hmm. smartphones, there was none of that, but um, just common sense told him to start a website. He just used common sense to, to start doing SEO, which mm-hmm. 
was, I didn't even think it was a thing back when websites first started. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so honestly a lot of my success is thanks to him and that, which we can go into later. But anyway, back onto my journey. So he's joined. We got married, had our babies like pretty early, well, straight away once we got married. And, um, yeah, just continued to build the studio. I just continued to study as well. So when I was on maternity leave from the police, I started doing my fitness certificates as well. So personal training and group fitness training, just just that continual need and want to educate and better myself. I just, something I truly believe in uh, mm. still to this day. And yeah, just kept growing and then got to a, got to a crossroads where the, the business was going really well. My work at the police, although they were always very accommodating for me, I was really stretched. I felt like I was at a point where I could no longer give more to each. Plus, I had a, a young family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just got to this point where, and I just said to my husband, like, it's either we just plateau now and keep going the way we are, or we need to just let me put my energy into one thing and do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, that's when I resigned from the police. And so mm-hmm. I went full on at the studio. At that point also, I we put on my mum as um, a major staff member. And that was a big deal because that was a very big financial commitment because we said to her, you know, we'll replace her income. She was working full-time at an accountant's office. Okay. We'll, you know, replace her income. It was a, a big risk for us financially but the best investment we made because she she almost you know four or five times our income with the work she could do so Mm -hmm. because it left me then to do other stuff in the business right and that is I go back to that as how powerful it is to invest and just sometimes you just have to take that risk a calculated risk I'm not saying and we are not massive risk takers my husband and I but that was one that did pay off Mm-hmm. So was your mom your first hire? No. Or did I you have had, teachers? I did. I had okay. teachers. They were all homegrown though. So sure. at the point where, you know, they became assistant teachers first mm-hmm. and then as they got to 17, 18, they then became, uh, mm-hmm. I call them senior yeah. teachers. Yep. Um, and I talk about the evolution of how I was able to let go and that happened really slowly, that trusting someone else and, you know, yes. that relinquishing of power, which I, it was hard, but, um, yeah. And I, again, I look back and at first I was in a position where the studio that I was teaching, which was still a community hall at this point, there were two studios, one was upstairs and one was downstairs and, and there were actually windows downstairs. And so I was teaching upstairs and I could just continually look down to make sure everything was going okay. And it wasn't that I didn't trust the teacher. It was just this thing inside me. It's like this Letting go of control. (laughs) Yeah. Can we talk about that? Because um, even people that aren't in our industry, dance studio industry, that is a legit thing of letting, I was talking to a realtor and, you know, even her letting go of control in communication with, you know, she wanted these, you know, well, they came to me originally, so I should work with them originally. And she's growing a team. And I was, and I was like, I'm not in the realtor business, but I think, you know, I think that might be an opportunity for you to, if you want to grow your team, you need to enable your team to do the work. 
And that is so, so hard. And, and we have windows in our studio too. So I, I, it's really hard for me to even be at the studio when somebody else is teaching because they may not be doing it exactly how I would do it or the pace of the classes and how I do it, but they're doing it in their own way really well. So how do you talk, talk a little bit about that or share some stories about that, or maybe tips you have for that? Yeah. Um, so I, I started like that and I, I really think it is a muscle and it's something that you just have to keep doing and you just get better at it and become okay with it. And so it was slow. So it was that first year I was able to just, for my own peace of mind, just keep making sure everyone was happy and following through on what my promises were to these families. And and then I was confident with her. So I'm like, okay, great. And then I started to bring in some more senior teachers to teach my older children at the studio. So you know, I just, I was at a point, again, self-awareness is another big factor. And I was at a point where I'm like, I just don't feel like I can give these students who I've been teaching since they were, you know, pretty much in nappies. Mm-hmm. They're now our, our older teens. And so I'm like, I feel like I need to bring someone in. And then, so I found some great teachers to come in. And again, they were in there and I just would set up a desk it was a strange setup that the studio was, but, you know, I just sort of set up a desk at the end of the room and do work. But, I mean, those poor teachers, I can't be sitting there watching it. Um, but, yeah, I was just, I don't know, I was constantly worried. And then they were great and the kids loved it and I'm like, okay, that's okay. So that was one more step. So then I was able to move down steps. And then when we started our uh, first location, it was at a different location, these classes were actually being run by my cousin who I grew up dancing with and her mum was the one who owned the studio I grew up with. She had owned her own dance studio um, in, in our central coast, so about an hour away from, from where I am. And I still remember every at the end of every – and I, so I know how great she is. I wouldn't have hired her, but she was so great. At the end of every day that she was teaching, I would go, how was class? Was everything okay? Was, you know, so, again, it was at that next step. But then that, that became okay. You know, she was doing a great job. And then it just continued. And so and now my studio currently, there are people that don't know who I am. And I'm actually really okay with that. And I say to a lot of studio owners, it really becomes about you and how you feel. And so they, they're almost hung up on not being known or, mm-hmm. you know, it, taking up. So it, I think it's just practice and it's just doing it and becoming okay with it. And and doing it slowly worked for me. Like if mm-hmm. I had just rushed in and stepped mm-hmm. back, I mean, I couldn't have done that. But I think that would be harder. But just just slowly, just little bit mm-hmm. by little bit and, yeah, and, and hire smart. Mm-hmm. You know, choose who you hire, I think, makes a big difference as mm-hmm. well. You said a lot of things there. And um, when you said you would check in even with your cousin, who you knew was a really good teacher, but you would still check in with her at the end, people might perceive that as micromanaging or being, you know, not letting go of control, but there is that delicate balance of being available and training in and making sure that you as a leader are able to communicate with your people so that they, they know that you're available and that you have their back. A lot of people hire, and then they don't allow that opportunity to train or to have that communication given and that's where the wheels fall off the bus and and then we don't love our team and our team doesn't love working for us so it sounds like you did that really um well you were super intentional with that and I love that you went slow like just really taking your time to bring in those people 
Can we just speak, um, how big is your studio and tell everybody where you're located? Yeah. So we're in Sydney, Australia. At our peak, we had 1,200 students and we had six locations. I had over like, just over 30 staff members, so teachers and staff. Um, that was at our peak. We grew very fast. So we were growing at about 200 students a year. This was in our, again, this was our, a very conscious decision that my husband and I made that we were going to to grow and what we were doing was working and yeah, got to this point and, and it was running. So I was at this point not doing any teaching. So I had stepped right back. Actually, I might've been teaching our preschool, our babies in the mornings, a couple of mornings a week. And um, yeah. And so it just got to the point where everything was running. And then one day I just started to feel like I, again, was spreading myself too thin and I was starting to feel like I can't check in at this location to you know, even just to drop uniforms off or someone needed this. And I just thought to myself, okay, so at what point do you stop? At what mm. point, you know? And so for us, it was at that point and we looked at each other and our kids were in their next phase of life. So they were that little bit older. So things were starting to happen. And so I made a decision to consolidate. And so it was a real, it was a conscious consolidation of the businesses. Now, surprisingly that, you know, you do lose a few because all of a sudden the location doesn't become yep. as convenient. Um, however, we didn't lose as many as I thought. And so at this point we'd bought our own building. We, you know, ha- that was all decked out. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of kids were able to come to that or they moved to other locations, you know, pretty close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and same financially. I it, it, You don't lose as much money as you think because your expenses are reduced. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's yeah, so so right now at the end of last year, I sold off um, a new area. So if I take a step back, um, we so we'd grown, we'd consolidated, and then uh, about six years ago, I just said to my husband, "I really feel like we need to just prove that because I was starting to work with studio owners. That's why." So I started coaching them, and I just said, "I feel like we need to." make sure that what we're teaching is still working and, you know, I just, I don't want to be promising these studio owners just do this and it will work because 30 years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not Mm -hmm. the same. And so we started another studio in a different location and, yeah, and it basically went from, in the five years, went from zero to 250 and that was two years of COVID in that as well. Wow. That studio was being completely run and managed by one of my senior teachers and so she was doing that you know she was obviously consulting with us but she, we were letting her have creative control mm. uh, we, we truly trusted her you know mm-hmm. everything and um so at the end of last year we sold that and so we were sitting at about um I think about 900 students so we sold off that and I actually haven't done our count this year so I, I'm thinking we're probably at about 750 but I, I really do need to check in with my admin team numbers are really irrelevant to me like I just yeah, it's it's a funny thing. The numbers just don't matter. I just know our classes are really full and we have wait lists and everyone's happy. So yeah, we're doing okay. good. Interesting to hear you say that as somebody who um because you I know you're probably saying that facetiously because you're a business coach for studio owners. You help studio owners. I mean, we we want to know our numbers, we wanna know where things are at. I mean, but um you're at a place where it's not like you're, you're, you know, totally losing sleep if you lose 10 students or 50 students or a hundred students, you know, 
okay, so let's talk about that newer studio. Cause you were, you, you wanted to test your philosophy on that. And this is a visibility podcast. And I love hearing different people talk about visibility strategies that work for them. For me, it's collaboration with other like-minded business owners. What is something for you, Jen Dalton, and you have different spokes of your business. So we can speak to that as well too. Um, the, the different things, business businesses that you have, um, what strategies are working for you or that you find success with in getting your brand and name out there? So I, I feel really um, grateful that we had the years of experience with the website starting early and the SEO starting early. Yes. It is still that successful because of consistency. And I know it's that's a really boring word, but it honestly is the underlying factor for everything. So Mm -hmm. I look at, so our brick and mortars, they are, we're consistently updating the the website. We are consistently on social media. We are consistently trying to stay one foot ahead of everybody else. It's just a matter of, I say being relentless. Relentless comes across as a negative word and I don't mean it as a negative word, but it's just about continuing even when you're not seeing the response mm-hmm. or you're not feeling like people are seeing you if you just keep going it just it just happens so that's exactly how we did it with our our second brick and mortar that we started you know from complete scratch and as I said the the girl that was took that on she all the credit to her for that because she was just continually on and this has been you know reels were starting and videos were starting to become a big thing and she just put herself out there mm-hmm. She just continued to to challenge herself, to challenge her comfort zone. And yeah, and she took it from zero to 250 in the yeah. five years, which is a real credit to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us now, we still do the same with our, our studio, with my, my businesses that my other businesses that are newer, same thing. It's, it is just, you know, and that was starting from zero again. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm, I'm now seeing the momentum of that now it's mm-hmm. all it's all just picking up so yeah that that's for us so I, I love that you talk about collaboration and uh, I was even saying to my husband how I just love some of your philosophies and it's mm-hmm. you know being able to speak to someone having a different idea I'm like yeah wow I never actually mm-hmm. thought of that so mm-hmm. um we do a little bit of collaboration with other businesses not related to dance so mm-hmm. the local cafe mm-hmm. um, the local schools we try and get in and do you know classes there we run discos there things like that so but yeah that's, that's pretty much it for us it's so funny because i i preach the same thing here with the seo and consistency it's it's not really exciting like it's not flashy <laughs> it's kind of boring and you got to kind of do it all the time and it's and you don't see these huge bumps but then all of us you know all of a sudden you look up and three years later you're like and you, and you look your numbers and you see the traction and you see the projection and you're going, Oh my gosh, you know, but it is, it's just really that consistency factor. Um, and I'm glad you leaned into SEO because that truly, um, I just really dialed in on that here. And, um, that is something that nobody really talks about that nobody really puts the energy behind talking about SEO, at least what I'm seeing there, everybody's flashy with the social media and the reels and the TikToks and all that stuff. But that SEO people are Googling you. They're just fine. Where's the dance classes? Who's doing this kind of dance or who's doing this kind of physical therapy or where's the chiropractor that works with this kind of person. 
that's what they're looking for. So uh, I love that you spoke to that. And I didn't even tell her that y'all. I didn't coach her to say that. So that's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I do want to talk about though. um, And for those dance studios listening, you have a rec program, right? You said you had a rec program, which that makes me so excited. Like I was just so happy to hear that because that's, um, Usually when people talk about big numbers like you have, they have a competition program or other things that bring in. So that's that's quite impressive. Yeah, we do. And it's always been that way. And so when I started 30 years ago at 14 years old, it was actually a conscious decision, an intentional decision, which I wasn't aware it was an intentional decision now that I, I can look back. But I grew up doing the competitions and having no bad memories of it. Mm-hmm. But it actually came down to me not wanting to spend my weekends at a Stedford. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and that's so, exactly why I don't want to do it. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, so basically I just niched. And again, that wasn't even a thing back then. Right. But yeah, it was, and the parents were just, were hanging for it because there are a lot of studios around and they're all fabulous studios. And, mm-hmm. you know, the quality of dance was excellent. But yeah, I just... Well, I'm like, no, so there's no competitions. There was no no uniform back then. Like it was just really just come have a great time. Mm-hmm. Still the same philosophy now, you know, yeah. just come. It was always about just developing the child, you know. Everyone got to go in the front. Everyone was welcome, mm-hmm. you know. Before, again, before inclusivity became a, a, right. a word, it, everyone was. And so we had, I had a Down syndrome stream. I had a class of just kids and I still to this day, they've stolen my heart um Mm -hmm. I I just love them but yeah just coming seeing the joy there was no stress it was Mm -hmm. fun and then they went home and it's it still is that now you know 30 years later um there's obviously uh more studios that offer rec streams now and there are a few studios that just do recreation but again I think just with our our past and still when they google uh dance studios in our area our our studio comes up first yeah. because of the SEO, because of yeah. all those, you know, every year updating the website. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we have low, low fees, like it's not over the top. So it can be done. And that's what I try and encourage business owners who, you know, are feeling the pressure to do what other people are doing or the only way to be successful is dot, dot, dot. I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, I love it. It's when I heard you say that for the first time, it was such a breath of fresh air, or just like a release off my shoulders. Cause you do, I get, um, not that anybody's pressuring me, but people are like, Melissa, you're leaving so much money on the table by not doing competition. And it came down to your reason. Like, I just don't want to do my weekends. Like I don't, I mean, I work a lot or, you know, days or evenings teaching and I just know, um, so we have a, we do a same thing with you, this beautiful rec program that I just love. And have grown it for 15 years. So I'm sure you have lots of milestones in your business where you have learned and said, wow, I am a badass. I can do anything. Do you have something that comes to mind that is a moment or something that happened that you were like, I got this, I can do this? Yeah. Again, at the time that it was happening, it didn't feel like that. But now that I look back, I can see. And probably probably the biggest thing was... um, so computers were around so (laughs) (laughs) here I'm trying to timestamp again like 95 ish (laughs) yes exactly exactly um I started to think outside of 
what I was offering as a studio owner. And again, it wasn't in an intentional, oh, extra revenue stream. How can I, you know, it was always about how can I make my studio as convenient as possible for the parents? Mm. That's what it always came down to, even before I was a parent. So I look back and go, that's yeah. weird. But yeah. yeah. And so and I thought, okay, well, what would be helpful? And so the first thing I thought, okay, what would be helpful? Um, supplying a uniform. So that might be helpful. So I just started Googling how to supply a uniform. I I had a cousin who was, um, she was actually in beauty and she had just started importing equipment. And I said, how did you do that? And she said, oh, I just went on to alibaba.com. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's checked it out. And so all of a sudden I was starting this importing factor in my business, which I didn't, again, it wasn't like, oh, oh, I wonder if I can import or, oh, I wonder. It was just like, it just rolled, like the stone just kept rolling. And like, and then all of a sudden, so I, I found some companies and I got them to send samples. And then I thought, what about shoes? Maybe I could actually make my own brand of shoes. And then I'm like, okay, how do I do that? And then I just started Googling. And then I found, you know, people that made shoes and they were sending samples. And, and so all of a sudden I'm sort of importing. And then I sort of look back and I go, how can I even do that you know and then so now we are in such a good place you know financially thankfully um but we still just import I'm still using the same company to get some of our pieces um that we all those years ago um so that was a I look back and think that was a really big achievement Mm -hmm. and and that's probably one of the things I also credit my success to is not listening so much to what everybody else is doing but just continually trying to think think about my customers thinking mm-hmm. about my families and what what could make their life a little bit easier what could make their life a little bit better and that's honestly how I keep going so that was a big thing back young probably my next biggest achievement was starting my podcast actually I think so again um that was just something I didn't have any clue really how to do. It's obviously a lot easier now because you can Google, but it was something I didn't really want to be asking people how. And yeah, so I just sort of did that and I didn't even really tell my family. I just started and, you know, every week there's been an episode every week. So I'm really proud of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love the nugget, that huge nugget of, um, paying attention to your client, paying attention to your families and what, could you do to add value to them for them and smart women create value and creating your own brand of shoe. Like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) but um, making it easier for your family. Like what are those things that you can do um, in any, in any brick and mortar that you just pay attention to who's coming in your doors and really, really, who do you love working with? Who is that person and what traits do they have? And, and, do you do this, Jen? Like we intentionally sit down every year and like, who is that person? And, and what are we missing to help them? Like uh, as a team, I just sit with my leadership team and just like, how can we serve them a little better? What can we do? Do you do that with your team, with your leadership team? I would think you would. Yeah, yeah, we do. So every year, well, we have, we meet four times a year, but mm-hmm. our, our main meeting, we do, we sit down and we talk about even the changes in the children, the changes in the parents, you know, mm-hmm. and we sort of 
I try and go a little bit deeper as to why. So I just love that question. Why do you think this is? Why why did that person respond the way they did? You know, I sort of just try and challenge them with the question of why. And that's where we tend to un- uncover, you know, possibly what's happening, but it also mm-hmm. just gives us a, a strategy or something to try or something to implement. And so mm-hmm. far, so good. You know? mm-hmm. And if you're wrong, it doesn't really matter. We've given it a go and we start right. again. We go back to the drawing right. board. right. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to um, just share a little bit about your um, million dollar dance studio, the mastermind and the business of dance conference. Uh, Share everybody about that and um, then we'll wrap up. Yeah. So seven years ago, maybe. (laughs) 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 I need a big calendar of my life. Um, I started having studio owners come approach me and just say, do you mind sitting down for a coffee? I just, you know, I'm, I'm seeing your success. I'm hearing about your success. And I just would love to know, you know, struggling. And so I was more than happy to do that. Yeah. I still love doing that. And so that evolved into now where I'm coaching and spending, you know, more time focusing on running the business mm-hmm. of dance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do, I actually do work with a few other small business um, people as well who aren't actually in our industry which is really exciting as well because yeah. that does challenge yeah. me. Um, yeah, and so that's been my focus and sort of, again, consistency in that. There have, of course, been ups and downs and there was COVID in the middle, um, but that momentum is just really picking up now. Mm-hmm. And so then that led to um, more one-on-one coaching, which then led to almost a divide in the clients that I was working with. And so there were the the newbies, the ones who are just starting. And then there were the ones who have been around for a while. Their studio is really big and they were ready to take the next level. And so, and, and so then it was like, okay, again, I'm listening to my people. Okay. There is now a need. I need to, to separate this. And so that's when I brought in the mastermind, which is our high level studio owners. And these are the girls who, and guys, I just have girls at the moment, but the girls and guys who are, they're, they're ready. They, they've, pushing that comfort zone. They're ready to invest. They, they know the power of investing both mm-hmm. financially, but also in time because we are so limited with time. So they're smart enough to, to be able to move forward. They know they have to choose where they're going to invest. And yeah. if they invest with me, then hopefully I'm so far so good can help take them to that next level. And that's just by diving. It is I feel like I own about 27 businesses because these studios, I'm just in their business and, you know, we're we're meeting up one-on-one every, um, every week. And it's like, okay, what now, what's the next thing we can do? So that's really intimate and intense Mm -hmm. that mastermind, but they see results fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the flip side, the big, the ones who are starting, it's just different languaging and different strategies. Um, we're, we're working with different things. We've got mindset at the top. Down here, we're still working on strategy. And it's, I just love, I love watching the progression. I just love watching the hope. I just love watching or decision. So sometimes I just need to make a decision that it's time to close or mm-hmm. sell. Mm-hmm. And that that is a thing too. And I, I, you know, they don't have to feel bad about that. They're just ready for the next chapter and that's mm-hmm. okay. And so then sometimes we're tidying up the business to sell. And so, yeah, it's, it's a big array. And so what I've, the business of dance conference. So this year's the first year I'm holding this and it is a day just for dance entrepreneurs. So it's all business. I'm going to be bringing in the coaches and the mentors that I've used over the years. They're going to come in. We're going to talk strategy. 
Um, again, in the room, we're going to split. So there'll be, you know, mm-hmm. talking to everyone and then we'll be splitting, so splitting into the, the ones who are in the 5U plus bracket and the starting people just so we can really get in your strategies. We have some great dance festivals, conventions. We've got an expo starting this year for the first time where you know people are coming in, but this is just for the, the studio owner, the CEO who really wants to just take their business to the next level. So, and I look, I'm really excited about connecting with them because it, yeah. it, it's just, it's different. It's mm-hmm. different. And it's a funny business because we are creatives and we are business owners and that sometimes doesn't mix well. So yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's my, it's my mission to, to help those people. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And well done. Congrats on all your success on uh, running a studio for over 30 years and then going into the million dollar dance studio mastermind and coaching. I've watched you start that and grow. And um, so it's fun to see that um, flourishing as well. So good luck with the business of dance conference to me. I would be right there. That is totally what I want. Um, We are trying to do our regional one, create a regional one here um, because I I think it's totally needed. It's totally needed. But um, any last nugget of wisdom for that female entrepreneur? No, just keep going, keep going, but listen to yourself, like listen to your body. And if you do need to rest, you should be resting or slowing. I think um, where the pace of life is so fast right now and everyone's trying to keep up. And I think this is why so many people are getting to that point of burnout. And so, you know, keep going, be consistent. It doesn't matter if you're not, kicking goals every day as long as you're walking onto the field and yeah you've got it you've got this so just have yeah. to keep remembering you've got this and there's always you can always make decisions so mm-hmm. and it's okay to change your mind mm-hmm. if you have not checked out the dance studio empire please check out jen dalton on her podcast she does share a little bit actually quite a bit you share a little bit about burnout and um just rest and the importance of that has played into you and your journey you have some kiddos that you talk about being a mom too and your the way you parented parent them and i love that as that was inspiring to me so and even if you're not a dance studio owner go check her out and take a listen so jen i appreciate you coming on the brick and mortar visibility podcast sharing your wisdom and uh, especially helping us dance studio owners be even better and um I appreciate your new friendship and I wish you all the best. We'll be in touch. I know we will. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Of course. All right, everybody. We will see you here. Same time, same place next week. Peace. Bye-bye. Oh my goodness. You are still here. You are so awesome. So here's what you're going to do. Number one, you're going to click that follow button so that you can get the latest episode of Brick and Mortar Visibility every week. Second, leave an honest rating on Apple iTunes. This is how more people can know about brick and mortar visibility. And number three, come on over to Facebook into the Rebel Women Tribe. The link is in the bio. This is where I hang out and share with you every week the nitty gritty of running a studio business. I share with you the tips, tools, and strategies that are working right now in my business to help you in yours. It's real, it's raw, it's unfiltered, and it's fun. So, Come on over. I'd love to meet you.